This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. From the Starcade Studios in Kansas City, Missouri, the pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk featuring weekly expert analysis and exclusive interviews. And now, here are your hosts, Nitro Noah Groniger and Mr. Electricity, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to Starcade Stories, where it is indeed time to get off the golf course off of the sandy beaches, your kids are back in school, you're done watching baseball because it's football season, and that is a perfect time for you to come in to enjoy Starcade Stories. Clint Schweitzer and Noah Groniger, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And our special guest this week, none other than Fox Sports broadcaster Tim Brando is going to be talking all things college football with us. As Noah, I don't know if you're aware, but there was a week zero. I, I wasn't really aware because I was at a Beach Boys concert, and not quite in football mode yet, but I think I'm coming around. I think I'm in. We're ready for week one. We'll be at Missouri and South Dakota on uh, Thursday night getting things started. And then we have a weekend of college football, which means no weekends without football until uh, mid-February. So let's go, man. Let's do it. I'm ready. You were at Beach Boys. I was there. I was tuned in watching Notre Dame, Sam Hartman over there in, I think, Dublin, Ireland with Joe Montana going around. They were interviewing him on the sidelines. He was at that game with his family. And then we got to see what USC and Caleb Williams had to offer early in the season. And boy, he looks like the next Patrick Holmes, as everyone says. He's as billed. And so we're going to see what the rest of the season has in store. As you mentioned, everything's starting to kick off. Thursday night, we'll be there seeing what Mizzou has to offer. And then Friday, Saturday, things really get ramped up with all the college football action you can want and more. Some games on Sunday. Football is back, baby, and we are ready here at Starcade Stories. We are ready. And if you want more of a deep dive on the NFL, we have our NFL uh, we're going to be previewing the NFL uh, next week here as the season gets underway. We're kind of in that weird no man's land right now <laughs> in between the end of preseason. Teams are making their cuts. If you'd like to hear a deep dive on the Chiefs and the cuts that they're making and the 53-man roster and prospects for the season, definitely check out our show, Arrowhead Allies, which airs Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Go to Starcade Media on any of our social medias. You can catch the show live. Go to our YouTube and subscribe. And we just always appreciate you guys doing that. For this show, Starcade Stories, we like to go around. We like to go around the nation. We like to talk to different people and bring in different perspectives. And we're going to be doing that with this week with our good friend, Tim Brando. It's been three years, Noah, since we went down to um, to the Shreveport, Louisiana area to play Chateau golf with, with to Chateau Brando to talk to Tim about our upcoming SEC football documentary, Saturday Supremacy. And Tim's going to be joining us once again. We're going to ask him about Eli Drinkwitz, the Tigers. It's time for them to get off the 500 schneid and to, as Tim put it, stop making headlines and start putting W's above L's. And that is going to be a key thing for Missouri this year as he will allude to the schedule very difficult. Of course, you're going on the road for the last time in a while as the SEC schedule is changing to go play uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. You got LSU coming here this year. Uh, you got Tennessee, who, you know, a lot of people think is going to be a, a top 15 type team as they try to transition away from Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Not going to be easy. We'll ask Tim Brando about that. The LSU Tigers, are they a force to be reckoned with? Are they a team that could, with Jaden Daniels, 
a player that has Heisman potential written all over him, can they challenge the Alabamas of the world, the Georgias of the world in the SEC? Alabama doesn't even have a depth chart, Noah. Yeah, we guessed Tim Brando about that. He has some strong words calling Nick Saban a bully of his media, of just broadcasters in general, not providing them depth charts that they need to do their job. So he's got strong words for them. We ask him about Coach Prime as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that interview because Tim Brando always brings it. Taking a look at the Missouri Tigers, we're going to be there Thursday night as the season gets underway. The whole offseason it's been all about, is this Brady Cook or Sam Horn's team at quarterback? Because Missouri's defense returning the kind of production that they have from a unit that was so vastly underrated a year ago that kept Missouri in games that uh, had a tremendous effort up front. And that secondary with Chris Abrams, Drain, Ennis Rakestraw, Dalen Carnell, uh, Carlisle, all returning. The production is there. Uh, and then you got, you know, a linebacker core with Tyrone Hopper, a guy that people think is going to be, you know, a top, you know, second, third round pick in the NFL draft coming up here in Detroit. This spring, what is Missouri, what did they have to do? Because I've looked at it. We've looked at it from the bubble that we live in here in Kansas City, Missouri. In 2019, Barry Odom was fired 6-6. Six and six. 2020, it's a COVID year. Everything's messed up. Drinkwitz comes in. You're 5-5 five and five and everybody's okay with that. No problem. Then you go 6-6 six and six in 21. Then you go 6-6 six and six in 2022. And oh, by the way, both of those years you've lost a bowl game, so you're actually 6-7. and seven. Missouri's got to get off of this schneid, Noah. They've got to do it. How do they do it? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it right there about the quarterbacks, Brady Cook, Sam Horn. Sounds like it's going to be Brady Cook. You want Sam Horn because Brady Cook's just kind of been underwhelming. You want Sam Horn to just grab a hold and take the reins and, and show that potential and that talent that he has. But it's kind of concerning that he hasn't done it, and it keeps kind of defaulting back to Brady Cook, who they know and can trust, and he's – kind of got the mental part of the game down, whether he's got the talent that a Sam Horn has, maybe not, but he's got the mental part. They can trust that he's going to take care of the ball for the most part. And so it kind of sucks that it keeps kind of defaulting to him because I kind of equate it to what happened just recently with the 49ers and Trey Lance. Ooh, yeah. You see Brock Purdy, who's there, who's, he's going to take care of the football. He does what Kyle Shanahan wants, but you see this unlimited potential in Trey Lance, but he's just not showing it. He's you're not getting it out of him. And so they trade him away to the Dallas Cowboys. And so you're like, man, we had that potential. We wanted to, this boom quarterback that we could really get excited about, but it just keeps defaulting to this other guy. And that's kind of what's happening at Mizzou and who knows what's going to happen with Sam Horn in the future. When we come back from our interview with Tim Brando, going to tell you about, I'm going to ask Noah about, Four teams, four programs. Missouri's going to be one of them. And I'm going to get his thoughts on which one wins more games in 2023. We're going to wrap things up on the other side here as Tim Brando's coming up. And don't forget, guys, this episode's brought to you by DraftKings. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action, guys. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STARCADE. News customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code STARCADE. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 877-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Hello, Clint. It's Tim Brando. (laughs) How are you, buddy? Doing good, Tim, man. We really appreciate this. It's a busy week for you because off of the golf course and into the broadcast booth goes Tim Brando week zero (laughs) and on. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of (laughs) crazy. It's kind of nuts. Oh Listen, man! Uh, I'm sorry, I got to limit you to 20, but I've got yep, I've got some meetings I've got to get to for my game on Friday. I've got uh, some players to talk to from Central Michigan. We did the coaches a little earlier, but that's uh, okay, Tim. We are all we, we right have a, everything moves a day up when you've got a Friday night game. Yes, yeah. as is the case here as we start yeah. college football. And Tim, you just yeah. had to put the camera so that we could see the ugly Jayhawk helmet way back there. I know you're going to be <laughs> high on the Jayhawks, but we're, we're going to skip over them today. And just, you've, you've, you're back in the booth. You started off last week, week zero. Is it hard to get ready and get focused? As it seems like week zero for college football comes out of nowhere, and I'm still in summer mode. I'm still at Beach Boys concerts. And then the next thing you know, we're playing college football. Well, I understand because when I've that's the first week zero game that Spencer and I have ever done. And uh, I do remember having a passing interest, a passing interest in the Nebraska Northwestern game that was on uh, Fox uh, last year. It turned out to be Northwestern's only win. Maybe that was two years ago. I think that was two years ago. <laughs> think about it. But I, I remember watching it and thinking, gosh, Dublin, they're in Dublin. And, uh, and I, I, it's August. It's not football season, but there I was in San Diego a week early. You go where they tell you to go. And um, I'm actually glad now that I've uh, already done the game because everybody else is really starting their season this week. And I thought uh, our crew was in pretty much midseason form last week. So uh, I think the comfort level after you've had a few months off and, and, uh, you know, I had not worked since. Uh, the Big East tournament uh, in New York in basketball back in March, and I was—I I joked I, I've lost uh, 40 pounds since then. I went on a diet during the summer, so I've lost nice. a couple of pins. So that's good. And my uh, golf game has had something to do with that. I, I walked the course, and and uh, but I, I did uh, make a point of, of of getting myself back into uh, the kind of shape I was in when I started in this business, which was, uh, 1985. I've got about another 15 pounds to go, but, um, to drop 40 and to be on my way to 50, 55, that's going to be pretty nice. I I'm fitting in old suits. Now I, we should probably put up a graphic at the end of uh, our games on Fox, uh, Tim Brando's wardrobe, courtesy CBS 2009. (laughs) 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 Because, uh, you know, some of those suits with the lapels have actually come back into style, and the ones that I've had uh, recently, I they they uh, 
they would look like drapes if I had them on. It would be like uh, wearing a tent or something. Um, but I'm really glad to be in better shape, and I'm glad college football is here. Well, Absolutely. Tim, we love it here, too. And, Tim, you're making – you're just – they can send in shockwaves around social media talking about it's beneath Nick Saban to not deliver a depth chart. And why do you think that is? It's just, it's beneath him. He's too good to deliver us a depth chart. Well, listen, I, I'm not, um, listen, he's not the only guy that doesn't deliver a depth chart. I get that. And some of the reaction from, especially Alabama fans yeah. has been that. Don't you know, LSU doesn't know. The point of my critique of Nick, was not just about the depth chart, although I do think, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think about that in just a minute, but I was very to the point uh, in my uh, tweet yesterday about that. Uh, going into Michigan to do my first game in Ann Arbor about six years ago, uh, Harbaugh was the first guy in that league to not do it, and, and, and it was kind of a big deal, and I called him on it. Um, because I've known Jim since he quarterbacked in 86, his last season at Michigan when he was third for the Heisman. And I know Jim, I just thought it was out of touch and, and tone deaf not to put out a, um, a you know, a depth chart. And so, but to his credit, uh, he tweeted me back uh, after I, after I said what I did and, we kind of went round and round a little bit. He circled the wagons by getting the Michigan people on my case. So he could uh, be armed with uh, his Twitter posse. It wasn't quite as big as Beyonce's killer bees, but uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, we, we, uh, we got into a bit of a Twitter spat, but when I went up to do the game, we faced off mano a mano and uh, talked it out. Uh, he made his point. I told him that I, 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 I guess I understand, but I think that um, – but to some extent, uh, depth charts, in my view, uh, are necessary for the people that cover the teams. They're particularly necessary when you call the games. Uh, yes. I'm going to – you know, today I've been working on my depth chart. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Two deeps, special teams, both sides. Uh, Your Alabama you one would be blank. You don't just you don't just walk into a booth without any preparation. Uh, you got to have something to work off of. Um, now, well, you know, I'm sure the ESPN people or SEC Network, whoever's carrying the Middle Tennessee State game, they'll they'll, they'll likely give them uh, a list of players uh, and and probably tell them to embargo it uh, before kickoff. And and they'll they'll do that. I'm sure Saban will take care of those guys. But it was the diatribe that he went on that I took issue with. You know, it's like preaching to the locals. I know you want a depth chart. Well, you know, you're not going to get one. And here's why you're not going to get one. You're not going to get one because, you know, my guys, uh, you know, my, 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 my guys, meaning they're sensitive now. My guys, you know, uh, they're affected mentally when they don't see their names on the depth chart. Really? Really? Uh, this is big league ball. Nick, and to throw them under the bus as if they are too sensitive to deal with it. Um, you know, I've always felt like Saban had a good handle on the uh, mental aspect of the game, that he could get more out of his players mentally. And I still believe that. I think he probably understands the mindset of the modern day internet athlete better than anybody. But 
I think Nick is a little out of whack this year, and I think it's because his quarterback room isn't what it's supposed to be. This is all about the quarterback scenario. You know, sure. he's got three yeah. guys there, and he doesn't want to stack it in any certain order, so that's why he's not doing it. I mean, who the hell are you trying to kid? You know, we're, we're not that stupid. But he, apparently he thinks the local media is. And, and I guess they've earned that over the years by genuflecting at his every whim, uh, cowering to him whenever he decides to be a bully. And I thought he was bullying them. I, I really did. I, I said it because I really believe it. And I also think, and I've, I've, I've told people in my industry this, uh, shame on us because I really believe that there should be standards in college football, similar to that of the NFL. In the NFL, you have to put out a depth chart. It has to be out of a certain date. You have to tell us who's injured, who's on the physically unable to perform list. These are all standard operating procedural things that make the NFL what it is. And by the way, those teams, like it or not, have to adhere to those rules. You know, television uh, brings millions and millions of dollars to college football. So why do you want to handcuff the people that are trying to produce your product and put it out there for the, the America to consume? You know, we're not your enemy. We're your partners for crying out loud. That's my yeah. point. That's the spirit of the point that I'm trying to make. And um, yeah, I know uh, the, the guys are going to call the game. They'll get their depth charts done. We always find a way to get what we have to get done done, but to use that in such a manner and, and then try to make the local media feel like they're, they're the ones responsible for there not being a depth chart because they've been badgering him about the quarterback situation. I mean, please, who are you trying to kid? Um, that, that was my point. I yeah. think that when you're the greatest coach of all time, uh, there are standards and, I, I don't think he he lived up to the standard. To whom much is given, much is expected, and that, much has been given to him, and uh, and and he's earned it. Yes, but we also expect him to act uh, like the greatest of all time. And I thought yesterday he looked like a sourpuss bully, uh, looking at his underlings that were members of the local media in Tuscaloosa. And I just thought it was about time somebody said something. Apparently, everyone. Uh, that, that that works in Tuscaloosa and anyone that's uh, credentialed in the SEC is uh, scared blankless of uh, being critical of Nick Saban because he is uh, the most accomplished and greatest coach of all time. I'm not that way. He's a coach. Okay, there are a lot of more impressive people in the world besides head football coaches. There are. Uh, he's a human being just like I am. And I, I like Nick. We've had a relationship that's very good for many years but i'm sure there are times when he doesn't like what i say or do this time i didn't like what he said or what he did simple as that hey we've dealt with it we were on hand at sec media days uh in nashville and i'm still a little intimidated of nick i know you're not tim but but i i still somebody asked him what is favorite pump-up music to listen to before a game was, and I just slinked down into my chair. Like, please, please don't let that have happened. Um, I got to ask you about Eli Drinkwitz here at Mizzou, Tim, because for one, the Tigers start their season on Friday um, yeah. against South Dakota. Eli Drinkwitz also this offseason, he asked us, 
guys, I thought the transfer portal was closed. For players, yes. For teams, no. The interweaving, the conference realignment, all these things have taken such precedent in college football. Just, you know, I don't know if you were able to catch Drinkwitz's comments, but that was the gist of it. And what you think of him and the Tigers this year, this is a guy that has to win because Missouri's been a 500 program for four straight seasons, right. which is really hard right. to do in college football. Yeah. You know, I like Eli a lot, and I know uh, he does need to win. Um, I thought, uh, but I was also critical of him just a few weeks ago uh, when he uh, made the statements he did about, um, which I thought were somewhat over the top and holier than thou. And he prefaced his statements by saying, okay, I guess I'm going to go there again. But since I am going to go there again, and he started in about, you know, the poor student athlete, no one's consulting them about all this movement and uh, having to get on airplanes and fly all night and play at difficult times and then make their way back. You know, cry me a river, Eli. I mean, stop. I mean, I, I was critical of him. I was. And I like the guy. I do. Um, I do think that this year, his fan base, particularly, you guys know better than, than I would. But I think his fan base is um, is tired of the headlines and they want to see some W's over the L's. That's what they want to see. And he spent half the time at the media days talking about how much he was going to stop talking and and start delivering. And then the first chance he got when the realignment issue came up, boom, he went there and he just couldn't help himself. Uh, but that's who he is. I mean, he's a candid, forthright guy and. Like I said, for the most part, I really enjoy that in him. I think coaches all need to be themselves. But but uh, Drinkwitz, to me, is a guy that really knows the game, but his persona is so charismatic and so um, effervescent in a lot of ways that I think people lose sight of the fact, particularly those that hear it all the time, and that's the fan base in and around Columbia, Missouri. They're like, we've heard all this before. We We've heard this. Your material is new, not new to us. It may be new to the national guys, but it's not new to us. And so uh, it looks like he's telling himself now to chill and and go out and win some football games. Listen, the schedule is not um, it's not easy. Missouri's got a tough schedule. I think South Carolina does too. A lot of those teams in the East, uh, like South Carolina, Missouri, have high expectations this year. You know, Shane Beamer's had a lot of upset wins. Maybe got a little bit ahead of schedule last year. Uh, I don't know that they can do that this season because I think his schedule is that much more difficult. But I do think Missouri is uh, an under-the-radar team with all the players he has returning. And the schedule shapes up to be really good. I think that, you know, look, South Dakota, the Jackrabbits, that's not a walkover. They're good. They've been good uh, at the FCS level for quite a while. Uh then that Kansas State game comes up. Mm. And that's your you Big got, 12 champion. Oh, you got them in the top in your top 10. The Big 12, yeah, I do. I, I think um and if I and if I'm wrong about Kansas State, it'll be proven when they play Missouri Missouri. Um if Missouri beats them, then he could get on a bit of a roll here going into conference play. And I've oftentimes said in situations like that when you get an unexpected win or you beat a favorite opponent, even if that favorite opponent is in your stadium, I don't know what the spread is now. Hell, it might even be favored. I'm not sure. In my mind, I don't think they're as good as Kansas State. I don't. 
But is it a winnable game? Yeah, it is. And if they get it, then I think they could maybe win another game that maybe people don't anticipate. LSU? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that certainly comes into play if you can beat Kansas State. Uh, No question. And obviously a lot can happen to LSU between now and the time that game is played. But um, can, can they win eight games? Yeah, they can win eight games. You tell me, is that the magic number? Is that what he has to have to keep his uh, job? It's, I don't Probably. think it's eight, but I think eight, seven. Seven and, seven and a bowl win to get to eight. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I think in that division with Georgia and Tennessee and the thought process that the battle is for third between Kentucky, South Carolina, and, and uh, Missouri, um, you know, finishing third probably wouldn't be all that bad. Frankly, I think Tennessee is overrated. Yeah. And I think that Kentucky is underrated. I think Kentucky's got a schedule that really puts them in a, the best position to not only finish um, with a good record, but also be good enough to um, to finish second, because I think they're capable of beating Tennessee. I don't, I don't think Milton is the goods. I don't think he's uh, Hendon Hooker at all. Yeah, I agree with you there, Tim. And I just a quick couple games I want to talk to you about that are interesting to me. Coach Prime, Colorado, <laughs> they face off at TCU. He said, this isn't a wait and see here at Colorado. We're coming right now. Is that just false bravado? And then LSU, FSU, kind of that rematch. LSU got the block extra points, so they lost to FSU. Are they going to come out on top this time? Well, I mean, they lost their best defensive end, thanks to the NCAA. Are, are we... Are you guys about as tired of that stuff as I am? Yeah. Man, uh, it's like they're just doing anything that they can do to get in the way and screw the, the, the so-called student athlete. I'm really tired of hearing that term, frankly. I was actually throwing stuff at the television set when Eli used it when talking about realignment. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, LSU, in my opinion, will win the game with Florida State because Jaden Daniels is a Heisman contender. And he's really good. And he's playing at a much higher level now than he was when you remember him at the end of last year. Uh, I know I know Florida State is near home, and I know uh, Mike Norvell's done a nice job. LSU can afford to lose the game and still be a, a contender nationally. I don't know that Florida State can. There's more pressure on Florida State to beat a, an opponent like uh, LSU, an SEC team that's a top 10 foe early. Um, But I think that, you know, when I look at at games like that, um, that are played at neutral sites, last year LSU bumbled and stumbled around for three quarters, really had no business being in the game, and hell, they almost won it. Uh, The blocked extra point cost them. They wouldn't have deserved to win the game even if they had won it in overtime. But they should have gotten to overtime. And Daniels was still learning things now. I, I think that um, that LSU will pull it out. Um, and you mentioned uh, Prime. There is no such thing as false bravado with Deion Sanders. It's just bravado, bravado. and plenty of it. Uh, I know he believes in what he's saying. I don't know if you saw the conversation he had with Joel Klatt, but I thought it was it was just. It was like watching uh, the Eagles unplugged, you know, playing their greatest hits. It was 
Dion's greatest hits unplugged with uh, with Joel Klatt. Uh, he believes everything. There's he's uh, he's um, evangelical in the sense that he is attacking uh, coaching college football as though it were a pulpit, and that he is really changing lives, uh, taking young men that have a lot of ability, yes, but don't have vision, and he's creating vision for them. Uh, all strengths of this. I've known Dion since he was a player at Florida State. And, uh, yeah, he, he, much like Bosworth, no one merchandised themselves any better than Dion Sanders and Brian Bosworth. And, frankly, Dion stole some of Boz's stuff. He did. Now, he went on to have a better – all-around NFL career than Brian, but Brian was no slouch. It's not like he laid an egg. He just uh, got hurt and was in a position that uh, you were probably going to have fewer years than Deion Sanders would have. Okay, but 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 Deion is um, he's a guy that answers every bell, always comes out winning, regardless of the circumstances. Um, no one thought he would do at Jackson State what he did as quickly as he did. Uh, no one thought, going even further back, when he went to the Falcons, that he would turn them into a playoff team, and he did. No one thought that he could play for the Braves in the World Series while he was playing for the Falcons, and he did. Um, when he was at Florida State, I'll never forget, he was the first player in the history of sport in college athletics to sign a $1 million contract with George Steinbrenner and the New York Yankees, yep. get paid, get paid, all right, and still play college football, uh, okay, because he was an amateur in football. But he got paid as a baseball player. And uh, when we were doing the original game day, we called Florida State up and we asked him to get uh, Dion to do a little thing for us. And he came in with a, a Trans Am, a black Trans Am that looked just like Burt Reynolds, Huh. Original Trans Am and Smokey and the Bandit. He's got his chains working, big prime thing going. Comes up out of the T-tops. T-tops down with his shades on. And he says, Tim Brando, how you likes me now? <laughs> <laughs> wow. He said, you watching game day, baby. Timmy B. And I was like, I mean, it was a, it was, they asked him to do it for us. And he, he gave us uh you know, the performance of a lifetime when the lights on and when the speculation is, is, is especially when there's questions about whether he can get it done or not. He always answers. He always answers the bell. Now, look, uh, they don't have any depth, but they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of skill position talent. I suspect that they will win somewhere between four to six games. Mm. And that would surprise, I think, a lot of people. Yeah. Anything for or beyond has got to be considered a you know Herculean success, in my view. The problem he's going to have isn't with the skilled talent, skilled people, but it is going to be up front, and especially because he doesn't have depth. You know, he hasn't had, you know, he had he's replaced all, but I think it's uh, eleven guys that are back from last year, and uh, he got. Five stars, four stars, lots of guys that Colorado's never been able to get in the past. But once some guys get banged up, the drop off is pretty significant. So he's going to need to stay healthy, especially early. But yeah. um, will he get it done? 
I think he absolutely will. TCU wins. TCU may not cover. How about that? I don't know what the, the number is. Is it like 20, 20 and a half, something like that? It was it's above. Up there, it was double digit. It was above 19. It's above so. 20 at 19 or yeah. 20. Yeah. I think they'll stay within shouting distance with some big plays. And they'll serve notice that they're going to win some games down the road. Tim, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. We're so ready for college football. And it's not college football until we hear your voice here at Starcade Media. We can't thank you enough. Excited to see where all things go. I know your partners at Fox have to be excited. Not only did you outrate the college football presentation on ESPN last year, but you're adding more TVs, more teams. It's going to be great. We'll get into all that as the year goes on, Tim. We'll have to we have will. you back as uh, when you have like a normal Saturday schedule yeah. and we can we could have more time with and you generally, we'll do it. and generally tuesdays uh our mondays are, are generally pretty good Perfect. so we'll get it worked out and uh just so your audience knows uh a week from saturday uh spencer and i are at sc we'll see caleb trojans against um, stanford and then the week after that we'll get uh that tcu team that Dion's going up against at houston and their big 12 opener against the Cougs. Uh, in Houston. So those games, both of those games will be on Big Fox. The one on Friday night is on FS1 at 7 o'clock. Always a pleasure, Tim. Can't wait. You're the best. The voice of college football, in my opinion. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, fellas. Good to be with you, Clint. Big thanks to Tim Brando. Noah, to me, the voice of college football for Fox, Tim Brando. And we hope to see him out there doing some great things. You heard him talk about he's going to be doing uh, USC game coming up. We're going to be seeing Houston and Colorado coming up. And then hopefully Tim uh, getting some high profile games out of the Pac-12 and uh, the Big 12 as his Fox partners have to be pleased about the footprint that they're gaining in the Big 12, sort of absorbing the Pac-12. But no, I got four teams. I'm going to throw these at you. Four programs and you tell me who wins more games in 2023 and why. Starting with Missouri, we talked about the Tigers trying to get off that 500 schneid. Kansas. Nebraska, Arkansas. Who wins more games? Man, that's a tough one. I think a lot of these teams are kind of trending downward. I don't see Kansas kind of continuing their strong suit through the Big 12. Uh, Nebraska, they're going to try and gain their footing with Matt Rule. I like him eventually to build something, but not quite yet. Arkansas and Sam Pittman seem lost. They're not gaining traction. I think he could be gone here very soon. Mm. And so I am going to say Missouri. That they're bringing back a strong defense. They know what they can rely on right there. As where Kansas, I'm not sure just that they can keep that thing going with the Big 12 and the teams that they're bringing in, the Houstons. I just don't think that they're going to be able to rely on that and keep that train going because they're Kansas. They're out in Lawrence. They're not bringing in the strong recruits. And I think Missouri, while maybe they're not going out, I think they're going to get above 500. Maybe they're not going out winning eight, nine games. I think seven might be the top mark out of those teams that you gave me. I, I, I could see seven. I'm going to tell you why my answer is Nebraska. You mentioned Matt Rule, but schedule. Let me just read you this Nebraska schedule. Minnesota is where they start the season. To me, that's the key to the season for, for Nebraska. If they go to Minneapolis and lose that game, all bets are off. And I might run scared and say, I don't think they're going to make a bowl game once again, which they haven't done since 2016, 2015 now. So they play Minnesota, then Colorado. Coach Prime has already said, I don't even know if I have a real college football roster. Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech. You got Michigan at home. You're going to lose that game. 
Then you play Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa wrap up the season. Those are two ranked teams. I think this Nebraska team could come out of the gate and win seven or eight games just based off the schedule alone and somewhat competent coaching. But the other side to that coin is that everyone on that schedule is looking at their <laughs> schedule saying, hey, we've got Nebraska. There's a win for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I just think that Matt Rule, the difference that he's going to make year one, um, I like what Nebraska has at quarterback. They just had a tight end arrested that's like on his fifth chance, and I think he's probably going to be done. He was a, yeah. at one point an NFL prospect. So understandable. I, I, could, I could see your point to that too. And until Nebraska does it, it's hard to, as Patrick Mahomes would say, I'll see it when I believe it when it comes to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I think because we haven't seen it losing records, you know, they haven't had a, you know, a winning record in what, seven years. It's unbelievable what, uh, what that's been, what, how that program has fallen on such hard times. So I don't know. I, I'm up for it. I'm ready for college football. You know, we'll get it kicked off Thursday. You got Friday, you got Saturday. You talked about LSU and uh, Florida State coming up. That's definitely a, a high water mark here as we get things kicked off. I'm, I'm just ready for this to to get back into play, man. We got so much going on. We saw Missouri uh, got the verbal commitment from five star defensive end Williams Winery at Elise Summit North a couple, couple weeks ago. We were there and to see kind of how Missouri's re- recruiting momentum and how if that keeps up, if Missouri starts winning. Tim mentioned the Kansas State game coming up September uh, 16th. That's going <laughs> to go a long way to decide how this is going to be. So this is this is the time of year that we get going. And here at Starcade Media, if you go to our website, you go to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, our TikTok, you're going to see all the content from around the country, not only Mizzou, the SEC, but Chiefs, NFL, all the goings on, all the happenings. No, it's all there. And we got it all laid out for you. Become one of the 45,000 followers that we have on Facebook. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, like Clint said right there, I mean, we are heading into this football season. It's upon us. We've already had week zero games, so it kind of is officially upon us here. I've seen Notre Dame play on a football field. I've seen USC and Caleb Williams, so I'm ready. I'm already locked in. Clint's got to kind of catch up to me after all those Beach Boys and trips and concerts, and so he's got to catch up, but man, football's here, and if you want all of the football coverage, like we said, the SEC, Mizzou, Chiefs, all over the NFL, It stays and plays, as Clint likes to say, here at Starcade Media.